Hey guys, let's play a game. You guys want to play a game with me? Yeah, I say yes because I want you to. Okay, we're going to play a game. Uh, this morning, it's a participatory game, and it's no fun if you don't participate, okay? If you got to you gotta kind of uh, uh, just shout it out. Shout out the answer. I brought some logos that I want you guys to check out, okay? And, and let's see if you can identify these logos simply by looking at the emblem, okay, the logos. Just shout it out. Here's the first one. It goes up. Here it goes. It's on the screen. What is it? Shout it out. Adidas. Adidas. Good, good. I thought maybe this might have been a difficult one for you guys to get. Let's see the next one. Here, what is it? How about this one? What? Dollar Tree. All right, good. I showed this one to Melissa last night, and she struggled to kind of figure this one out. You guys got it on first shot. All right, good. A lot of Dollar Tree shoppers, I guess. All right, what's the next one? Come on, you got to know this one, right? The Nike Swoosh. Everybody knows this one. Uh, Val, Val has it on her shirt, I see. A very popular uh, brand everybody likes to wear. Okay, what's the next one? On Instagram. Some of you didn't sound too confident about that one. That's the Instagram logo, right? So if you're hip to social media, you probably have this app on your phone. Okay, what else? What else we have up there? Oh, I saw Shannon shudder a little bit when that one came up there. <laughs> she kind of, I, I saw like a chill went down her spine and when that one went up there. Okay, what else next? How about this one? Target, that bullseye, right? Listen, I'm not a big Target fan, maybe because there's not one really next to me, but I know some avid Target shoppers that love and live and die for it. All right, you guys are really um, faithful to the to the brand. Okay, what else? What's next? Huh, like, like half of you knew that one, the other half didn't. That's interesting. Okay, that was kind of rolled, rolled off the tongue. All right, what was this one? What else? Yeah, Gucci. We're getting a little higher in uh, class here, right? Some of you are like, I've never seen that in my life. Other ones are like, I got a purse like that at home, okay? All right, what's, what's next? <laughs> what happened? Well, you guys don't sound so confident now. Shan said it. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, right? Okay. All right, here's the next one. What do you guys think about this one? It's the Tesla. Hey, what is it with the Tesla cars? I see more and more in Bushwick now, right? What's going on? A sure, yeah, a sign that, absolutely. The, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're only 500K now. Okay, great. All right, so uh, what's what's next? The next one here? Listen, uh, I had to put this one up here, guys. It's Popeye's. And I just got to say this, home to the best chicken sandwich you've ever tasted is right there. You got to try it out if you haven't just yet. I think I got one more. Do I got one more logo up there? Anybody know this one? You got to know there's a Swerve Church logo, guys. Come on. You got to know. You got to know the Swerve logo. Now, listen, guys, there's a reason I, I, the reason I wanted to play this game is because we look to labels, right? We look to labels uh, to carry, uh, labels carry or they t- determine a value, right? Think about that for a second. We use labels to determine the value of something, right? And with the right label, one thing can be worth more than another, right? Think about clothing. What's the difference between a, uh, a T-shirt with, with no brand, a generic plain T-shirt, and let's say one with the Nike T-shirt? What's the difference? <laughs> about $15 or $20, right? This is the difference with some of these T-shirts. I, we just went to the Poconos a couple weeks ago, and, and they have a Nike outlet. We went to the Nike outlet you know, it's supposed to, everything's supposed to be cheaper. Those t-shirts are still expensive, even in the Nike outlet. Why? Because it's, it's the Nike, right? It's the Nike brand. What about cars? Think about the labels or the brand of different cars. Does a Ford have the same value as a Toyota? Does a Toyota have the same value as a Tesla, 
right? Think about that. Labels determine the values of something. And while that could be said about material things such as the clothes that we wear or the, the cars that we drive, the same thing could be said about descriptive labels, descriptive labels. In fact, we all have or have had labels that describe us, right? We have labels on ourselves, whether they were labels that we put on ourselves and we call ourselves or if they were labels that were given to us by somebody else. Here's what I mean. I've been giving you guys a working definition for each of the things that we've been talking about. Each week you have it there in your message notes and it's also on the screen. What is a label? Here's what I'm talking about. A label is a phrase or description that describes a person, especially one that holds them back. A label is a phrase or description that describes a person. Now listen, I want you guys to do this for a second. Uh, take out your pen. You'll notice there's some fill in the blanks on the top of your notes, right? And it says uh, to describe yourself. Can you guys think of three words or phrases to describe yourself? The first thing that pops into your mind, and don't worry about it, this is not a pop quiz. Uh, you know, nobody has to peek over your shoulder look at it. Just put the first three words that pop into your mind about yourself. I left a space there for you to jot it down. Go ahead and write down three words or phrases that, that uh, you think. If you didn't receive any notes this morning, maybe just think about it. Now, for some of you, you know, some of the words that pop in your mind may be positive words. For others of you, may not be. Maybe negative words. Here's some of the things you may have written down. For some of you, the first thing that might pop into your mind is a life situation, right? And you describe yourself. You might jot down, I'm single, or I'm married, or I'm single again. Or I am desperately, desperately looking, right? Maybe you put that. Maybe you put your job. Or maybe you put your, you know, your job or you put your employment, whatever your job is, your career. Maybe some of you put unemployed or searching for employment, right? For some of you, perhaps, you might jot down your hobby. I say describe who you are. You might say, I'm a photographer. I'm a gamer. I'm an artist. Or uh, they, maybe you put down what they call me, an absolute street basketball legend, right? That's what they call me. For others of you, you might have put down, uh, you may have written down successful, right? Because everything I touch turns to gold. I got the Midas touch. Things are on the up and up and everything seems to go my way. Others of you, maybe you put failure. Everything I touch seems to fail. I'm such a screw up and I can never seem to catch a break. You see, labels are very powerful. And, and the, they have a way of shaping us, these labels, these words that we put on ourselves. And if someone has ever given you a label, is that if anyone's ever told you, you're such a failure, you'll, you'll never amount to anything, you're a disgrace, you know just how powerful those words can be. Or let's be honest, I know I've been there personally, I'll be honest with you guys, we've probably projected some of those labels onto other people. Have you ever projected those labels onto other people and said some of those same words? Oftentimes, it's to the ones that we love the most that we do that. If you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, the longer we carry a label, the less it describes our past and the more it determines our future. The longer we carry a label, the less it describes our past and the more it determines our future. There's an amazing story in the New Testament that I think really talks about this, you know, really great. And a lot of you maybe have heard of it or you've read it yourselves. It's about a man who was paralyzed, a man who was paralyzed. Now, a paralytic in Jesus' day, let me tell you, he would have carried a lot of different labels on himself. First of all, uh, he more than likely would have to have depended on the charity of strangers, 
uh, since he would have been unable to work because he couldn't use his, his legs or his arms or he's paralyzed. So he wouldn't have been able to work. He wouldn't have been able to provide for himself. So he would have to have depended on the kindness of strangers, people that would have given him money. So the one label that maybe he would have have worn is the label beggar as he would have sat on the street corner just begging for people to give him some money because he is unable to provide for himself. You know, how many of us, we find our value and our worth in our jobs? How many of us found, find our value and our worth in our position or in our salary or how much money we make, right? Or just as easily we can find our value in the lack of it, right? We can find our value in the lack of money and the lack of employment, the lack of a job. For this man, not having the ability to provide would have labeled him a beggar. Additionally, he would have been labeled by society in Jesus' day as a sinner. He would have been called a sinner. Because in Jesus' day, if someone was born with a deformity or a sickness, or you were lame, or you were mute, or you were paralyzed, it was viewed as your fault. It was said it was your fault, or maybe maybe you're that way because your parents were sinners. And it's their fault. That was the, the common perception of people in Jesus' day. See, the perception was that if you had a sickness, it was because you were a sinner or you did something wrong. Therefore, you deserved your, your, your sickness. You deserve your deformity. You deserve your condition because you were a sinner. It was God's form of punishment or judgment of you. By the way, guys, if you think that that's super foreign, uh, this isn't even my message, but let me just say this. A lot of times we tend to blame God for a lot of the things that we see in this world. Now, we see earthquakes happening here. We see fires over there. And we say, oh, that's God's judgment. God is judging the world. We project. We project God's judgment onto people. This is the same thing that was happening to this man. He was paralyzed and society projected that it was God's judgment. And it, was, it was their fault. The same way we blame, oh, it's the sin, the sinful people in Puerto Rico, it's the politicians, and God is punishing them. That's what's going on. It was the same sort of thing that was going on to this man, that projection of God's punishment and judgment on to this man. Well, the story goes on to say that this paralyzed man has some really good friends. Who's grateful for good friends that are there through the good and the bad, right? Some good friends, and he had some really good friends. These friends refused to accept or to give him any of these labels. They didn't give him any of these labels. They had an idea, in fact. They had an idea one day. They heard about Jesus. And they said, you know, we're going to bring our paralyzed friend. We're going to bring him to Jesus. They heard of Jesus who was teaching unlike anyone that they have ever heard. They heard that Jesus had the ability to bring a taste of the kingdom of God down to earth. And he was healing the sick. And he was healing the broken. And they had the bright idea. You know what? With a little bit of elbow grease and a lot of love, let's get our paralyzed friend to Jesus. Let's get him because I think Jesus can do something in his life. And there, these friends, they got together and they literally, remember, he couldn't walk. They literally carried this man to Jesus. Remember, guys, that this was before wheelchairs. This was before ambulances. And yes, I know it's hard to believe, but it was before Uber. Okay, There was no Uber. Couldn't Uber a camel ride over to Jesus. Their friends, the friends, carry, they carry their paralytic friend over to this Bible study that Jesus is hosting in someone's home. So Jesus is having a Bible study and, uh, in this house. And the story goes on that when they arrive, right? I don't know how long they, they walk with this guy. We don't know if this guy was on the heavy side. Was he skinny? Was he, I don't know. They carry this guy over to Jesus. And when they get there, the Bible says that the house was packed to the brim. 
Everybody was standing in there like sardines in a can. They were standing shoulder to shoulder. It was worse than an L train subway car at 5 p.m. Okay, in this house, it was cramped. They were shoulder to shoulder. There was no way to get in. And so, the friends, what they do is they come up with this this great idea to climb with their friend to the top of the roof of the house, and then they cut a hole in the roof. Now, remember, these are homes in Jesus' day. It wasn't made out of cement and concrete, okay? Uh, It was made of different materials. They were able to cut a hole, and then they basically lower the paralytic friend on his mat, basically on Jesus' lap. Jesus is teaching, you know, I am Jesus. I've come here to heal the sick and the broken. What's going on? And interrupts the Bible study and lowers them right into his lap, basically. And they bring him to Jesus. Uh, these guys did absolutely everything. What friends, right? What, what guys? They did absolutely everything in their power uh, to, bring, uh, to bring their paralytic friend to Jesus so that he could receive the miracle that he was so longing for. And this is where we read this. This is the verse, Mark chapter 2, verse 5. This is where we pick up the story. You have it there uh, in, your, in your notes, and it's on the screen. It says this. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic son, your sins are are forgiven. Would you guys go ahead and underline where it says seeing their faith and then circle the word there. Isn't it interesting that the passage quotes Jesus as saying their faith. He saw their faith. Whose faith is he referring to? Is referring to the faith of the friends of this paralytic man. Now, it's crazy because you would think that it might have referred to the poor paralyzed man who's been begging for money his whole life and who's been in need of a miracle. It wasn't he that was waiting for this opportunity to come, but the author is certain to show us that it was the faith of the friends that Jesus was impressed with. Write this down in your notes. Number one, the faith of those around you matters. The faith of those around you matters. You know, guys, sometimes the labels that we wear are given by ourselves. Sometimes we're our own hardest critics. Anybody out there that's really hard on themselves, right? We can be a hard critic, and we often place those labels on our own selves. But many times, those labels are projected onto us by others. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Some of us, we're making bad decisions, and we're surrounding ourselves with corrupt company. Instead of being surrounded with people that will pick us up, and encourage us, and make us better, we oftentimes put ourselves in toxic situations. Sometimes we'll put up with someone, or we'll put up with some people who mistreat us, who are abusive, who are critical, or condemning just because we want to be liked, or we want to fit in, or what have you. But you see, the faith of those around you matters. And you can jot this down as well. Your friends will either carry you toward Jesus... Or pull you away from him. Your friends will either carry you toward Jesus or pull you away from him. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you have friends that will carry you toward Jesus or do your friends pull you away from him? Are you surrounded by people that will encourage you in your walk with Christ to grow in your faith and to look and become more like Christ? Can I humbly ask you to evaluate those who you are constantly surrounding yourself with? And if they're constantly pulling you down, and if they're constantly insulting you, and if they're constantly drawing you away from Jesus, then maybe it's time that you distance yourself away from them because they're bad news. 
And guys, this is why a Christian and a biblical community is so important. This is why the church is so important. It is important for you to make the most out of the people that God has surrounded you with right here in and through the local church. Do you exploit and take it for all it's worth? Or do you take for granted those who God has placed around you right here at Swerve for this season? Do you take advantage of it or do you neglect it? For the paralytic, his friends had enough faith for him and themselves. And they didn't simply see him in his current condition. They didn't simply see him with all his labels. They didn't simply see him as a sinner or as paralytic or as as a beggar. They brought him to Jesus. Which brings us to our next point, number two in your notes. A label may describe you, but your identity in Christ defines you. A label may describe you, but your identity in Christ defines you. Why did this group of friends bring the paralytic man to Jesus? Because while the labels he wore may have been descriptive of him, Jesus has the ability not only to remove a label, but to completely heal and restore and create a new identity. And after Jesus said the words, Son, your sins are forgiven, it created an uproar. It created an uproar among the religious people that were around him. You see, in the Bible study, there was two different types of people as Jesus was teaching. There were people that were hungry for the truth, that were hungry to learn about Jesus and draw closer to him. But you know who else was in the crowd? It was also the religious people, the people that were critic of Jesus. They were critical of Jesus. That they didn't, they they wanted him, they wanted him to, they wanted to see him slip up so they can accuse him. There was two different types of people, and there's always religious people at church, right? There's always religious people at church. People who think that they're better than everyone else. Don't be a religious person. For the love of God, please. Don't be a religious person. These religious people, they were offended that Jesus would say something like that. How could Jesus say, son, your sins are, your sins are forgiven? How could Jesus say that? Because to admit being able to forgive someone's sin was the claim to be God himself. And that claim was not only very offensive, but to the religious people, it was also blasphemous. But of course, Jesus is God. He's God in the flesh, and he proves it through the life of the paralytic. Look at the next couple of verses, verse 10 and 11. Look at what goes on to say. But so that you may know, Jesus is addressing the religious people in the crowd now. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He looked at the paralyzed man. He told the paralytic, verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And in a few short words, in a few short phrases, Jesus proves his deity. And he forgives the sin of the paralyzed man. And he heals him instantly from his sickness. And in an instant, the labels that this man wore for the majority of his life were forever changed. He was no longer identified by the label of sinner, by the label of beggar, by the label of broken, by the label of good for nothing. Jesus, in an instant, changes man's life and he changes labels to forgiven, to love, to cherish to heal and to child of God. That's the power of Jesus. That is what Jesus does. And listen, guys, a label might describe you, but your identity in Christ defines you. Some of you have been attempting to live your lives by the labels that you either gave yourself or that someone gave you. And you know what? Some of those labels you didn't deserve. Some of those labels you didn't deserve. But some of the labels were caused by some of the mistakes that you've made. Some of the labels we wear, we earn through our sin, through our folly, and through our failures. 
But there's good news for us today. And that is that it doesn't matter which labels have been used to describe you. Whether you gave them to yourself or whether they were given to you. Jesus has the power to grant you a new identity. Look at what happened to the life of the paralytic man at the words of Jesus. Mark 2.12. Look at what happened. Look at what it says. Immediately, he got up, took the mat, and went out in front of everyone. And as a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, We have never, ever, ever, ever seen anything like this. This is what Jesus has the power to do. He has the power to not only eliminate those labels that bind us, but He gives us a new identity in Him. And this is what I'm praying for some of you today. I'm praying that by the power of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, those labels that you've been wearing for so long, that they would be loosened. And that you would hear the voice of Jesus today, and get up and walk. Walk out not covered by the labels given by others, not walk out covered in the labels given not even by yourself, but walk out as a new person with a new identity, not labeled by your mistakes, not labeled by your failures, not labeled by your sin, not labeled by your faults, not labeled by your shortcomings, but defined by who you are in Christ. And as we wrap up, I'd love for you to read this verse out loud with me. It's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. And I think it's a beautiful verse penned by Paul that really helps us pick, help us like paint this word picture and allow us to see this new identity that's wrapped in Christ. So you have it there. It's on the screen as well. Would you guys read it out loud with me? Ready? Go. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Have been clothed with Christ. You've been clothed. With Christ, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here, and they're going to lead us in a, in one final song as we partake in communion together as a church family. And as they come up here, I want you to take a look at this verse again. For those of you who were baptized into Christ, have been clothed with Christ. It says that we've been clothed with Christ. What a beautiful picture, because some of you have walked around your entire life with some labels. Maybe that label was alcoholic. Maybe the label was homewrecker. Maybe the label uh, was deadbeat dad. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus entered the world and he lived a perfect and sinless life that you or I could not live. And then he paid the penalty for our sin. Jesus died for your label. He died for the alcoholic. He died for the homewrecker. He died for the deadbeat and whatever other label that you might have. Jesus died so that those labels could be removed. So that we might be healed the way that paralyzed man was healed. Jesus removed those labels. And now you're not clothed in those labels. We are clothed with Christ. We are clothed with Christ. We are children of God through Jesus. And after Jesus died, he was buried, where three days later he conquered the grave. He was victorious over death so that we may be victorious in our new life as well in Christ. And so as we partake in communion, remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in your place. He died for those labels so that you can have a new identity in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have given us a new identity. Lord, some of us have been walking around with labels.
Some of them, God, we didn't deserve. And they were given to us by others. But you know what? Some of them, a lot of them that we project onto ourselves, we did deserve. Because we sinned. Because we failed. Because we chose not to follow you. Because we chose to be disobedient to you. But thank you for Jesus who died in my place so that I would not have to live my life identified by these labels. Instead, I can walk around with my identity firmly rooted in Christ. Thank you, God, for clothing us in Christ. God, all over this room right now, I know that many of us struggle with this, with this question of identity, and we wear these labels, and they're on the forefront of our minds, and it's what we consider, and it's what we think about, and it's what holds us back. But I pray, God, that you would send your Holy Spirit to go forth and allow some healing to take place. And as you healed the paralytic man, as you forgave him his sins, as you told him to pick up his mat and walk and go home, and you took away every label and gave him a new identity, God, I pray that today we would have that very same sense and that we would wrap up our identity in who we are in you. Lord, we are not the sum of our mistakes. We are not our failures. We are children of God through Jesus. So we surrender our lives to you, God. Thank you for a new identity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.